morning. We're still here. If we weren't, we'd be real happy too, wouldn't we? Because we'd all be in heaven together right now. Jesus would have come back. Glory to God. You know, I was sitting in my closet this morning. I was thinking, why do they make socks so short? (laughs) You guys thought I was going to come out with something real spiritual, didn't you? Isn't that weird, though? I mean, what, are they for people with short legs? They won't go over your calves, you know? You're sitting there trying to pull them up. Short socks. They're like skinny shirts. They're just... (laughs) You guys thought I was sitting there thinking about what I was going to preach. I was thinking about it, but then my socks were short, and I was like, hmm. Yeah. Glory to God. Well, if you don't have a Bible today, we're going to read out of the Bible, so you might want to borrow one of ours. So raise your hand if you'd like to borrow one of our Bibles. You may have ran off and forgot yours or be visiting and not had a chance to bring it with you. So if you want to borrow one of ours, that'd be great. And let's hook our faith together before we get into the Word of God. Father, we do thank You for Your Word. We reverence Your Word. We count it as Your Word to us, Lord. And we receive it today by faith. We receive the good word into the good soil of our heart, Lord. I pray that we all have ears to hear and hearts that are open to receive. And we purpose by faith to be doers of the word that we hear today. And we thank you for it. And we give you glory in advance for every good thing that will happen, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He's a good God. Well, you can open your Bibles to Philippians 4. And we'll start there. You know, I was looking through verses, and that's what you do when you're studying. And, uh, and I found a verse, put on the screen uh, Psalm 113, 5, 5 and 6. Psalm 113, 5, and so put it in the NIV. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you what to put it. Put it in the NIV. Psalm 113, 5 and 6. It says, Who is like the Lord our God? Who is like the Lord our God? There ain't none like the Lord our God. Glory to God. The one who sits enthroned on high. Verse 6. Who stoops down. You know, so this is how big God is. We, we can't even see how many heavens there are. And He has to stoop down to see them. Huh? He stoops down to look at the heavens and the earth. Our God is so big. He's so vast. Because what? He created them. And He's so big. He has, he has, how's the heavens doing today? He has to stoop down there. That's a big God. And that's the God we serve. That's the God that's looking out for you every day, every minute of every day. He's looking to do you good and not harm all the days of your life. And He's bigger than anything. He has to stoop down. When you ask Him for something, He has to stoop down to get it to you. Because He's so big. Remember when you were little and your dad was the biggest thing ever? Huh? Nobody was bigger than my dad. Man, when I was... He was the biggest man I'd ever met or anyone else had ever met. We have a Father God that really is the most huge, vast, and He is love. Glory to God. And that's not even my lesson. I just wanted you to see that verse because it made me happy. Thank you, Lord. 
Doesn't it make you happy to know that that's our God? Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Look at Philippians 4, and we'll start about verse 17, maybe. And this is in the NIV, too, maybe. No, it's in the King James. Put it in King James. King James. Okay, go one more. That's because me and King James, two peas in a pod. Two birds and a mule's tail. We're right there together all the time. Paul, speaking to the Philippians, he said, But I have all. Wait a second, we went to 18. Did I say go to 15? 17? Did I say to go to 16? We're going to get this right. Go to 16. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. The Philippians were the ones that communicated with him concerning giving and receiving. And even when he was in Thessalonica, they sent once and again unto his necessity. Verse 17. Not because he desired a gift, but, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. What was Paul looking for? He wasn't looking for how much they could get to him. You know, today people think preachers just want your money. They didn't want it back then, and good preachers don't just want your money now. Amen? Good preachers are desiring what God can, can abound into your account. Because giving with the right heart produces supernatural increase. Amen? Giving with the wrong heart is not giving. Right? People say, I gave with the wrong heart. No, you didn't. Don't even worry about it. Because if you gave with the wrong heart, you didn't give. You may have put something in, but it could not be considered giving because giving is an act of love and an act of love out of obedience for the God that you love. Amen? And so giving can only be done right. Everything else, and trust me, I've done it. (laughs) Right? You guys probably never done it, but see, I've given just because I thought you're supposed to. Right? And then I've given... Because I thought I had to. Because I couldn't be blessed unless I gave. Well, that is true, but that's not the right reason to give. Right? There's many things that are true, but that doesn't make them the reason you do it. Right? Being blessed is true. You will be blessed if you're a giver. But it is not the reason you give. Amen? The reason we give is because we love the Lord and we believe in the work of the kingdom of God here on the earth. And, the, and our, the, our money is going to increase the work of the kingdom here on the earth. Amen? And in doing so, we increase so that we can continue to increase the work of the kingdom here on the earth. Amen? And that's a good, good thing. has nothing to do with my message today, but it's a good thing. Amen? Paul said in verse 18, But I have all... And abound, I am full, having received from Epaphroditus. Jimmy, spit that name out just like that. (laughs) Professor Dave. (laughs) The things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. How many know we want everything we do for the Lord to be like this? Not just your giving, your service, 
your life, everything you do, when you wake up in the morning, God says, I'm well pleased with what He's planned today. It's already in His heart to do good for the kingdom of God today. I'm well pleased. We want to always have this zeal for God. The reason these people sent to Paul was because they believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they believed that Paul was taking that gospel into all the world and letting people know he's a good God. Right? They, they weren't preaching that he'll beat you if you don't do it right. He'll, he'll take your life if you don't do it right. They were preaching the goodness of God. That's what he said. I'm preaching the gospel. And he wasn't ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's a good thing. And, and, and when we give in this manner, when we, when we serve in this manner, when we do anything in this manner, this is what it is to God. It's like a sweet odor. He smells us doing good work. How many know God's walking around in heaven all of a sudden? Somebody's doing something good. It's like when you walk in your kitchen and it's like something good cooking, huh? You walk by, hmm. So we're having something good today. That's what God says when we give with that kind of a heart. He smells it. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He smells our service. He smells our giving. He smells every good thing that we do with the right heart for the kingdom of God. Amen? There's a, there's a heart that's right, and there's a heart that's wrong. And we've all done it both ways. Okay, well, I've done it both ways. So I'm going to be a good example for you guys today. How not to do it, and I'm going to be a good example of how to do it. Amen? Because the Lord's growing, Dave. You're doing good things. Amen? Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 2. Eight, well, I'll tell you what, look at one, and then two will make more sense. Eight, one. 2 Corinthians 8, 1. Moreover, brethren, do you to wit... Wit? Why are they talking about you? <laughs> to wit of the grace... You know, wit's mentioned a couple times in the Bible. He's a lot older than we think. Huh? <laughs> we do to you... <laughs> You know, you got to laugh a little bit so you can take in the rest, right? <laughs> Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, right? <laughs> uh-huh. We do, you, to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the Macedonian church. I tell you what, why don't you put that in the NIV? Then maybe I can read it and it'll make some sort of sense to you guys because it didn't even make sense when I just read it. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Verse 2. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty. That's two words that shouldn't go together. To, to overflowing joy and extreme poverty. How many know your life is getting ready to change if you're in extreme poverty and you have overflowing joy? Huh? How many know your life, your body's getting ready to be healed when you're in extreme pain, but you have overflowing joy? Huh? Something's getting ready to change in the Macedonian church right here. Amen? Because out of their extreme poverty and their overflowing joy, it welled up into rich generosity. Glory to God. What's happening? Their heart is going out to the gospel and they are getting excited. 
They're getting so excited that they can't not give. You know what? Their bank account's looking at them and saying, don't give, don't give, you don't have enough, you don't have enough. And they're saying, i got to give. There's something good going on here. And their overflowing joy overrode their extreme poverty. Glory to God. And, and, and because of that overflowing joy and that earnest expectation of good things happening, they gave. Amen. Verse 3. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. They didn't just give. They gave all they were able to give. Glory to God. You know, they didn't look and say, ah, I got ten, but here's five. This is, we're not doing another offering today, so don't get nervous. This isn't, this isn't, you know what, we'll go completely off of money here in a second. Because this is about serving the Lord. This was a service to the Lord. The Lord didn't count this as money. He counted this as service and love to me. Amen? To Him. And, and this, this is how we want our works counted. This, when, when this happened, He was walking through heaven. He goes, Ooh, the Macedonians are cooking up something good. Huh? Because it was a sweet smell. Amen? Because they took beyond what they were able. They went further than they could in giving to the gospel. It says they, went, they gave as much as they were able and went even beyond their ability entirely on their own. What, what's he saying? Nobody told them to do it. No, no preacher. No, there wasn't some loud organ music and people running around throwing money. No, they did it entirely on their own based on their love for God and their belief in the work of Paul for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is service to the Lord. But what were they? They were excited. Their heart, they took their heart and they said, Here, Lord, have it all. They didn't hold back part. Right? Right? You ever held back part of your heart from God? Just in case. Why? Because you don't know. You've never experienced. You're uncertain. You may need that part of your heart. You may need to call your own shot sometime. You know what? I've called my shots. I've called my own shots several times, and I missed. He's called my shots several times, and he's never missed. One of these things just doesn't belong here. Let's go back to Sesame Street. One of these things just isn't the same. Can you guess which thing doesn't belong here? My way. My way. God's looking for a man and a woman who will do things His way, who will 100, 100% commit their heart to Him. Because if a heart's not His, He can't work through it. Amen? He can't work through a heart that's not committed to Him. Remember, remember where it said, the eyes of the Lord? Well, just look at it. I've got it. I got it somewhere. It's in Second Chronicles or First Chronicles. It's in a chronicle. Second Chronicles sixteen seven. NIV. Second Chronicles sixteen seven. Second Chronicles sixteen seven. There it is. Uh, okay, sixteen eight then. That's a good verse right there, though, because that's why he said what he's getting ready to say. Okay, we're, we're way out somewhere. Nine. 
Hey, my computer got wet this weekend. <laughs> so some of my numbers are a little bit messed up because my keypad don't work no more. It's going to work. It just doesn't know that yet. Amen? Yeah, Second Chronicles. Yeah, there we are, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Well, what's he saying? To show myself strong. Look at it in the NIV. That's actually a better. It actually shows it even better. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Glory to God. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm sitting here in church today. I guess my heart's fully committed. Mm -mm. I sat in church for a lot of years half-hearted. Huh? Why? Because going to church because it's Sunday ain't giving your heart to God. Putting in the basket money, putting money in the offering because it's Sunday and that's what everybody else is doing is not a heart committed to God. Amen? There is a heart that's committed to God and it's the heart that came in the door excited to be here. They woke up this morning. It's Sunday. I don't have to decide whether I'm going to church. Guess where I'm going? Church. Because it's Sunday. Amen? And I'm headed to church to see the other people who are excited about the things of God. I'm going to get to sing and worship Him. I'm going to get to to give with all my heart. And I'm going to listen to His Word concerning my life. And if there's any changes necessary, I'm changing. Guess what? You You come in with that attitude, God will change you. But if you don't, if you know too much... (laughs) <laughs> you ever known more than the preacher? I was sitting in a service one time, and I guess the preacher said something. You know, I was pretty wise back then when I was 21. Now I'm not even 20, actually 29. And the preacher probably said something I didn't agree with or something, or, you know, and I said, I said well, that ain't right. And God said, I didn't bring you here to critique the, pre- the message. <laughs> Did you know that you're not here to critique the message today? Yeah, that's right. Did you know you're not watching online so you can critique the message today? If you did that, then it's the wrong heart and you won't get anything out of the message anyway. I'm going to get something out of the message. Right? Because I believe this is the Lord talking to us because we got a right heart. God's saying, your heart's there. Let's get it all in there. Let's do everything we can. Let's make the most of everything God's given us. Amen. Amen. Let's not leave one thing out. Let, at the, at the, you know, when Paul said, I fought the good fight, I finished it, what he was saying is, I didn't miss one thing that God told me to do. I, not only did I not miss it, I, one, I did it 100% committed to Jesus Christ. When we finish our course, that's what we want to say. I fought the good fight and I finished my course. I did everything and did the most with it that I could do. That, that's what, that's what those, those guys that were given the talents did. You know, the one guy, he, he didn't do anything with his because he didn't know the master. But the other two, one was given five and one was given two. And they both went out excited about the gospel or about Jesus, whatever. The, you know, that's a parable. But they were excited about the Master's work. Amen. 
because it was his stuff that they went out and duplicated. Amen. They didn't go out and duplicate their own money. They went out and duplicated his talents. And they did 100% above and beyond what they were given. Amen. Both of them. What is that? That is a heart committed to God. The other one is a heart committed to himself. He was afraid, so he didn't want to get involved. You know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't, I don't want to get involved. I've got to hold back part of my heart. You know, I can't just do everything the Master says. Do you think our Master's ever messed up? I'm pretty sure we can do everything He says. Amen? Amen. So in Second Corinthians, they did everything He said, and they did beyond. They gave beyond. Why? They were excited about the things of God. Look at Malachi 1. Malachi 1, in verse 7. Let's stay in the NIV. Thank you, Lord. It says, You place defiled food on my altar. And then you ask, How have we defiled you? You know, did you realize you can't fool God? Huh? You guys ever tried to fool God? And, and then you thought, Boy, that's stupid. He knows everything. Uh, you know, and you know what? To ask this question, first of all, tells you that they know they were wrong, right? They're, you know, first of all, they're trying to see what God, if God really knows what they did. You know, you can't fool God. If you did it with all your heart, then you did it with all your heart. If if you didn't, don't try to fool Him. Say, Lord, you're right. I need to get some heart into this thing. You're right. I'm wrong. But this isn't about an offering. You know, people make this about an offering. This is about a heart. This is a heart problem. This is a heart that's not turned towards the things of God. They knew what they were doing before He even said anything to them because they had a way of doing it that was told them by God. Right? And they weren't supposed to bring blemished lambs. How many people have brought a blemished lamb to the Lord before? That's a lamb given without heart. Right? We, we're not bringing in blemished lambs. We're not bringing in our blind and our cripple just so we can say we did it. <laughs> it's got quiet on me. Hey, it's not always an offering. What if you came in to the parking lot you just stood out there and you watched them park. Ah, I'm just in the parking lot. It's just the parking lot. Not a big deal. Nobody really cares about the parking lot. Somebody walks in and they're, they're already unhappy and they see you're unhappy, so they get more unhappy. Then you, you can say at the end of the day, hey, I served God. I worked in the parking lot. No, you didn't. You may have worked in the parking lot, but you did not serve God. It was a blemished lamb. If you were supposed to work in the parking lot, and you did not, because it's just the parking lot. This was just, you know, this is just a lamb. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a lamb. Why not take? Why do I have to give my best one? It's my best one. Why can't I keep my best one? You know what? These people that ain't serving God, they get to keep their best one, and they're doing good. And that's exactly what these people were saying. 
That's exactly what these people were saying. They were saying people who don't serve God do well. Guess what? People who don't serve God don't do well. In Psalm, it says you should consider the end of their life. You know what? Because it don't matter how rich you thought you were in this life. If you did not have Jesus Christ, you did not have what you needed. You did not have the best. You did not do the best. You did not give the best. You did not do anything that had value while you were here. I don't care how many stadiums your name's on. I don't care how many. It doesn't matter. I don't care how long they remember you. If you didn't know Jesus Christ, it ain't going to matter. That's why Paul's work was so valuable, and that's why it was such a sweet smell to God that these people wanted this work to to extend. Why? Because it's eternal. It has eternal value, and, and it shows their love not only for Paul, but for the people that would receive from Paul's preaching. Amen? A sweet smell. These people did not... They, they were looking at what their gift should have been doing, not that they got to give a gift. Okay, no hands. But how many have ever said when you got low on money, I've been tithing, I've been giving? Huh? If you do that, you just did what they did. Huh? I've done it. I remember when I was believing God to get out of debt so bad. I'm like, Lord, I'm giving every week. I'm doing... I wasn't giving. I was putting in the bucket expecting Him to get me out of debt. Just because I put something in the bucket. I didn't do it to extend the gospel. I wasn't doing it to make, to do because I love the Lord. I was doing it because I wanted what He had, not who He was. And if you want what He has instead of who He is, then you're never going to have a right heart. you got to give Him your heart. Amen? And then let Him work with it. Let Him. Because you got to understand He's a good God and you got to want Him to have your heart. you got to be excited about the things of God and be on fire every day. And people say, what do you mean be on fire? Be on fire every day. Christians don't take days off. They, they don't compromise to the conversation. If the conversation is not okay, but they're standing there and they, they just go ahead and get involved. No! We don't get involved in conversations that don't edify somebody. Amen. If we walk up and somebody's talking bad about somebody, we don't say, yeah, you ain't kidding. You ought to have seen what they did last week. <laughs> no. No. In fact, is we're more likely to change it. Say, you know, I saw them in church the other day, and they were really praising God. I bet there's some good things getting ready to happen in their life. Huh? Find something we can say where we can turn the conversation away from stuff like that, right? That's a heart for God. A heart for God is a heart for people. If you lose your heart for people, you find yourself saying stuff like, the world would be okay if it weren't for all the people. <laughs> well, find yourself saying that. And you want to check, right? Because that's the people Jesus died for, just like you, just like me. All the people. Glory to God. Glory to God. Where are we, Malachi? They said, but we ask you. <laughs> but you ask, how have we defiled you? They're asking God. They want an answer from God. They should just feel good that God's talking and listening to them. That's how merciful He is. Why? Because He wants them to get it right. 
God's not against us. He's trying to get us the information and the Word to, into our heart to where we have faith to do it His way. And that every time we do, we, we know that good things are going to happen. We don't sit back and wander and, and, and look for it. We know it's going to happen, just like what we talked about for, uh, last was it Friday night. You know, good things are going to happen if we trust Him and do His Word. And he said, by saying the Lord's table is contemptible, when, when you bring blind animals for a sacrifice, is that not wrong? You know, they're coming in the temple, and they're, here's, here's my animal, sacrifice. But they're bringing their least. They're bringing their least. And God asks for your best. God doesn't want 10% of your heart. And in this case, he really didn't have any of their heart. At the very least, they might have tried to give him a, a decent one. But they, they went out and found the ones that were broken down and no good. A blemished offering is unacceptable. To, it's not that he's, he's not saying, oh, I can't take that, just can't stand it. He's saying, that will not help you. I cannot get involved in your life with that kind of a commitment. And I want so badly to bless you, to, to build you up, to bring you to a new place, if you would just give me your heart instead of holding back because you think they're doing better than, than people who serve me. Guys, the world is not doing better than you. I don't care if you got 50 cents in your bank account this morning and they're out there getting over a hangover with a million dollars in theirs, you're doing better because you're on your way somewhere. Amen? And that 50 cents can be 50,000, 500,000, 5 million before you know it because you serve the God that stoops down just to see heaven. Glory to, God. Glory to God. The world is not doing better than any Christian that's fully committed to God. Sure, He's doing better than them because they're not serving the Lord. Remember we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why did they make it through the fire? Because they said, the God whom we serve. The God that has our heart. This is what they were saying. The very God that has our heart is the one that's going to deliver us. And because they, that He had their heart, He was able to work through them to, to do this thing. But he, he, he wants your heart. Amen? Glory to God. It's not about an offering. It's about a heart. With God, He's trying to get things to us, not from us. How many know if we never gave an offering, heaven's not going bankrupt? Right? If you never gave in all your life, God's not going to say, Phew, I don't know how we're going to make it this week. These people aren't giving. i got to get somebody out there to do a big giving message. Get them to feel guilty so they put some money in those baskets. No. God ain't after your money. He's after your heart. And where your treasure is, there your heart is. And if you can't give your best lamb, then your treasure isn't with God. Amen? Glory to God. Look at, uh, um, stay in Malachi, go to 2. In verse 17. 2.17, Malachi 2.17, stay in the NIV. These are words you never want to hear. <laughs> you never want to hear the Lord say, you've wearied me. <laughs> Remember when your parents used to say that to you? You've worn me out. 
tired. Go to your room. I can't. I don't want to listen to you anymore. <laughs> You've worn. I, I. I can't. No, that's it. <laughs> you know, there's times Ramsey. She can talk so much that, that you have to hold her mouth just to get those words out. Please don't say anything more. Because she can out-talk you. Her and Miss Phyllis, they'd be in a race right there. Uh, they can, and, and you know what? They, worry, they wearied God, and how did they wear Him? With their words. Why? Because they're trying to, to, to make God feel guilty. They're speaking against God. That will weary God. He said, you've wearied me with your words. And they said, how have we wearied him? Well, this is the same people that said, how did we defile your table? Well, why are they still trying to fool God? You cannot fool God. Guess what? A church smile does not fool God. He created joy. The one that created joy knows who has it. You can paste that smile on your face, and that's way better than not. But you could call up on the joy that's in you and smile. Out of your extreme poverty, great generosity could come with overflowing joy. Amen? Amen? He said, how have we wearied you? By saying, all who do, what are they saying? They're saying, these people are blessed more than we are. And they're not even serving you. Yeah. You know what? They knew before God talked to them, they weren't doing it right. That's right. They knew when they brought the blemished lamb in that it wasn't right. They didn't know. They're not just now finding out. They knew it because their heart was wrong. They're, they're, these questions they're asking, they're not real questions because they knew that they didn't have a heart for the things of God. Because what they believed was that you cannot serve God and do just as well. Well, you guys are getting quiet here. They believed that you could not serve God and do just as well or better. I should say, they felt like you could do better by not serving God than by serving God. You know, you got a world of people out there right now that believe this lie. What? I'm okay. I don't need God. Huh? I'm, I'm doing fine. I don't need God. And you know, there's Christians that are counting more on their money than they are on God. Right? They're counting more on their job. They're counting more on their ability than they are on the ability that God gave them. Therefore, they're not doing everything with their ability that God, that God gave them that they should. Why? Because they're not counting on that ability. They're counting on their ability. Amen? He said, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, they're doing okay, and you're blessing them. God's not blessing them. God's having nothing to do with their life. He has none of their heart. He can't do anything in their life. They're, they're, they're trying to debate with God. How many know you're going to lose? Amen. You're either going to lose or you're going to quit listening, one or the other. 
You can't debate with God. He's good, and He's doing good things all the time, and He's trying to get them to see the value in serving Him, not the value in giving their best, the value in why you give your best. Amen? The value of why you serve with a whole heart. Because that's the heart God can work with. The person that's in the parking lot with their whole heart, they hear from God. And if somebody's walking in and, and, and God says, hey, bless them, then they're, they're ready, willing, and able to bless that person. And now they've changed the whole way that person will receive from God today. Why? Because they were serving Him with their whole heart. It wasn't just the parking lot, and they weren't giving a blemished lamb. They were giving everything they had to the position and ability they were given and expecting 100% to come to pass. Amen? And that's a good thing. Amen. Glory to God. Look at Malachi 3, 13. He deals with this all through the book of Malachi because the people were looking, they were double-minded. They were serving two gods. And no man can serve two masters. He'll hate the one. And what were they doing? They were hating God. And they were serving the other. Because what were they doing? They're keeping their best sheep. Why are you keeping it? Because it will bring more at market than it will at the temple. Glory to God. You have said harsh things against me. Man, I don't ever, ever want the Lord to say that to me. And I, and I don't doubt that it's been true in my life at some point. But I'm so glad that I got past it. Because I don't ever want the Lord to say, you've said harsh things against me. Amen? He said... Yet you ask, what have I said? <laughs> Again, they're saying, what? What have we said? Church smile. <laughs> Hi, so good to see you today. I can't believe they're here. That's <laughs> hmm? <laughs> like when people say their dogs smile and dogs don't smile. They're just happy all the time if you're doing the right to them. <laughs> Well, Mrs. Moore's dog smile. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're happy anyway. <laughs> you love those church smiles? Huh? Oh, we don't want to have a church smile. It's a blemished lamb. It's not real and it won't make an eternal value in somebody's life. When you smile at somebody with the love of God, there's an anointing on your smile. And they can say, man, that, that person really seem to care about what's going on in my life. They weren't just shaking my hand. They were glad I'm here. <coughs> Glory to God. Amen. We're not just greeting. We're serving the Lord with all our heart. Not just serving Him by shaking a hand. Serving Him with all our heart. Amen. With all our soul. With all our mind. With all our strength. Yes. It's nothing with God is a justa. Praise the Lord. Huh? I'm just a parking lot worker. I'm just a greeter. Huh? I'm just running the cameras today. I'm just doing... You ain't just doing nothing. You're getting to do it all. And when we look at that, there will be an excitement and we'll be on fire and stirred up about what's going on in the service because we're a part. When you, when, you, when you take and give a blemished lamb, you're not a part of the service. 
You've disconnected from what's going on here, therefore you're not even a part. When we give our best, we are the very part that God made us for that day. And we help the service do what it was what it was what God ordained it to do that day. Amen? And you want to be a part of that. And that's what we got to get a hold of. These people that were in Macedonia, they wanted to be a part of the things of God so bad. They didn't care how little they had. They were going to get involved. It says that they, they begged Him almost. That's how it says it. For the chance to get involved. Glory to God. That, that's the way it should be in volunteering at the church because if you're only volunteering for the church, you're not doing it right. You're volunteering for the work of the kingdom. Amen? Amen? And when you hear that there's a chance to do something, what, what do you mean steam jackets? What do you mean? I don't iron or steam. You, you know what? There's a chance. You say, I can't do it, but I'm coming. Right? I, I, you know what? Yeah, I got an hour here. The grounds team needs help. I hate mowing, but I'll come. Huh? You know, I mowed right here just three, four weeks ago. And I didn't frown while I did it. I was likely to. But I was mowing the church. Why? Because they were behind and they needed help. I didn't go say, hey, you guys need to call somebody because I ain't mowing. <laughs> Grabbed a push mower and I went out and mowed. <laughs> mowed with all the heart I could. <laughs> I gave all I had into that mowing that day. Yeah, and I didn't think, why didn't they just call enough people in here to do this? There ought to be people that could serve and mow this lawn. These people are missing it. You know who would have been missing it if I'd have said that? Me. Glory to God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. You guys still here? (laughs) How have we spoken harshly against you? Verse 14. You have said it's futile to serve God. Futile. In other words, it has no value. Now, how, how far is your offering going I don't care if you give $5,000 and you believe it's futile to, f- to serve God, you ain't getting no return because you did not give it. Amen? In fact is, you'd be better off to have it back with the value it has. It's a blemished lamb. It's not your best. Amen? It's not the best we can do. We want to give our best all the time. Our best is all our heart to God, and then He'll take it and do do His best. He'll enable you to do things that you didn't think you could do. That you didn't. He'll pull, what He'll do is He'll pull you right out of your comfortable Christian zone. Huh? How many know it wasn't comfortable in Macedonia that day when when they looked in their wallet and they said, "Well, we got five bucks. Let's give five and let's go see if we can find anything in the couch cushions, and we'll give those too." How many know that pulls you out of your comfort zone when the grocery store is this way and the church is this way and when you're going to have one or the other? But you know in your heart, serving God's what you want to do. And you can trust Him. You can trust Him. But you've got to give Him all your heart. He's got to have all your heart to work with or else there's a block. 
Amen? And when we give Him all our heart, He'll pull you out of your comfort zone. You know what? The Moors never, hardly ever ask me to do something I'm comfortable with. <laughs> do they, guys? The staff? Huh? It's a, it, you know what? They'll tell you where you should be in the ministry, not where you want to be. <laughs> right? That's what God does. You can go to God and say, oh, God, I am a prayer. Put me on the prayer team. And he'll say, parking lot. You are built for the parking lot. I've put parking lot ability in you. And you say, it's not important enough for me. Blemished lamb. Crippled, lame. Excuse not to do what you know in your heart God said to do. Because if you'll do what God said to do with all your heart, you can't can't say, okay, God, I'll do the parking lot. Well, there's some people... I wish these cars would park in a different parking lot so I didn't have to deal with them. We got five parking lots. Can you go to another one? Leave me alone. I'm a parking guy. I got my green vest on and a flashlight, and that's good enough. It's not good enough. It's not even... It's, God can't even use it. He doesn't even know you were in the parking lot that day. Because he, that is unacceptable. But man, that guy that's out there, and he's waving, he's waving, and he's got his heart. Man, he's waving. Now look at those guys in when we're driving in. They're going like this. And they're not just doing it to me because I see them from a long ways off. They're doing it to every car going down the strip. Why? Because they're excited. And they're in their place. And they're doing something for the kingdom of God right there, right then, and it does have value. People that think it's futile to serve God put no value in Him. No value in the kingdom. And when they leave church, they're unfulfilled and they don't know why, and it's because they didn't become a part of the service while they were there. And I'm not just talking about serving in the church. I'm talking about serving God. Some some people serve other places. You serve God. Serve Him where you're supposed to. If this is your church, find a place to serve here. But don't find a place just because you're supposed to serve. Find a place because you love the Lord. Mop the floor for the Lord. Plunge the toilet for the Lord. Take out the trash for the Lord. You're not just a cleaning person. You're a cog in the kingdom of God's machine that is rolling down and, and, and bringing people in by the thousands every day to know Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. They're, they're, it's the goodness of God being taught to people that, are in, that need deliverance and need healing. and they, they, they need to know there's a good God out there. And you're a part no matter where you're stationed in this place, you're a part. That's like saying that the, the soldiers that are here in America aren't a part of what's going on in Europe or, where, or Iran, Iraq, Iran, wherever they are. They're just as much a part as the other part. Amen. They're in the service of the United States of America. We're in the service of the Lord. 
We're, it is not futile to serve God. Not, I don't, if, if you got nothing else out of it except overflowing joy, you'd get everything you ever needed because overflowing joy will override your doubts that you might get enough money to pay your bills. It'll override your doubts that He won't heal your body. Overflowing joy and excitement for God will take you from not receiving to in a place where God can dump out all the blessings of heaven on top of you. It's not because of what you gave. It's because how you gave. If your blemished lamb was the best blemished lamb you had, you didn't have anything except lambs with blemishes on them, and you dug through it and said, this, this is the one. It's the best one. It's not a great one, but it's the best one I got. And you took that lamb, and you took that to God. He'd say, that's the best you got. You gave me all your heart. I can work with this. It's not that he couldn't work with a blemished lamb. He couldn't work with a blemished lamb when you had a good one at, at home. Amen. Why? He didn't have your heart. He didn't have your heart. Look at Revelation. Revelation. We're not talking about Jesus coming back. Well, we are. See, he's coming back. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Look at what, and I'm going to read what uh, David told Solomon. We've been reading about David and Solomon, right? And, uh, and David, when he told him he was going to build the, the, the temple, he said, And you, this is First Chronicles 28, 9 and 10. You guys are going to Revelation 3. He said, You, my son, acknowledge the God of your father. What's he saying? Acknowledge him. Don't acknowledge any other God. Right? He's not, he's not just saying... You got all these gods, but acknowledge him too with them. No, he's saying acknowledge the God, the one your father served every day of his life. That's what he's saying. Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him wholehearted, with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind for the Lord searches. What's he telling him this for? Because he's saying you can't fool God, right? Don't don't just tell him you're serving. People say I served him wholeheartedly and I didn't get nothing. <laughs> Tell God. <laughs> what? What? If you serve God wholeheartedly, you got something. Why? Because you can't not. That's good English. You serve God wholeheartedly and you can't not get something. Thank you, Lord. He said, serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. You know, when, when, the, when the Word of God says, if you'll seek him, it means if you'll seek and seek and seek and seek and seek. And when you find part of him, you're like, ooh, i got to have more of that. And you seek. And you go, oh, there's more. i got to seek. I'm going to do some seeking. And seeking doesn't stop. Why? Because people who seek God, they're excited about God. Why do you think he said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled? Because they won't be filled one time because you won't stop searching. When you're hungry for the things of the Lord, you find one thing and, you're not, and that takes you to the next. And you're climbing your way to it. And it takes you to uncomfortable places, but you climb on past because that's more valuable than your pride than what you don't want to do or you can't do. Because if He says you can do it, guess what? You can. Yeah. Yep. I remember when I first came to the ministry, I was talking to him one time. I said, you know, one place I just don't go is the hospitals. 
Boy, it wasn't two weeks. Dave, we need you to take a hospital visit. I don't like the hospital. People are not happy in the hospital. Okay, is it somebody having a baby? At least they'll be happy. Right? Why? They're hurting. They're, they're in a bad place. Hospital's not a great place to go. But it is a great place to go. Because you can make a difference in the hospital if you do it with your heart. Not do it, and not do it out of rope. Not do it because you're supposed to. Not do it because the Moors said to. Do it because God told the Moors to send you. So you're now enabled to do something at the hospital that nobody else was going to be able to do unless you say no and he has to commission somebody else to do your job. And you missed out on a big blessing. Amen? Thank you, Lord. If you seek Him, He'll be found by you. If you forsake Him, He'll reject you forever. If you forsake Him, He'll put somebody else in your place. People say, well, it says he'll never forsake me. He didn't say he'd forsake you. He said he would reject you in that place. He would reject Solomon as king. Why? He needs to find somebody that will get the job done, which is the next thing David said, do the work. What is it in verse 10? Yeah, consider now. Consider now what? The Lord has chosen you. Those words alone. What if Solomon said, I'm not a builder. I don't know the first thing about building. Why do I got to build? I don't like building. I don't want to build. I just want to sit in my kingdom with all my gold and my silver. Huh? I don't want to build. No, he, did. he said he's chosen you. This was an honor. He chose you to build the temple. He chose you to usher in the sanctuary. He chose you to take out the trash. He chose you to be a part of the things going on in the kingdom of God. He chose you to work with the kids. He chose you. You didn't choose what you were doing. He chose you. And if you take that choosing and do it with all your heart, it will be the the best thing you've ever done in your life. It will be the most satisfying, the most gratifying. It will change your life forever. I remember when he said, I want you to go work with the inner city kids. You know, they were ages, gosh, three, wherever they could walk to 12, I think. He said, I want you to go work with them. Kids that their parents really don't care about them. I want you to go pull them in from the inner city, take them out, spend the day with them. And I said, kids, no, Lord. Now, I'm sure that's not what I'm supposed to do. He said, yeah, that's what I want you to do. I want you to work with them. He even had somebody that I really uh, love come ask me to do it. And I said, well, let me think about it. You know what? I didn't need to think about it. I already knew what God was telling me to do. Amen? And so I said, oh, all right, I'll do it. And that's about how I was. And my first day out there was not, I was not (laughs) a help. To them. Why? Because I'm just seeing if this is something I want to do. If you're just seeing if this is something you want to do for God when God told you to do it, it's unacceptable. And when I say unacceptable, it's not that He won't accept it. He can't. He can't. It, it's not something He can take. If He takes it from you, it would hurt you worse than if He left you with it. God's not going to hurt you. So He would rather not take your offering then take it and it'd be bad for you. Unacceptable doesn't mean he won't accept it. It means he cannot accept it. On your behalf. Amen? 
Where did I tell you guys to go? Revelation 3? Revelation 3, verse 14, it says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. See that? Pretty soon they're going to give me one of them caps that you get for being smart. (laughs) Right. These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. In other words, these things say somebody that knows way more than you. Right, it's time to listen when the faithful and true witness speaks. Amen. He said, "I know your works, that they aren't neither cold nor hot." You know, when I was in Florida, I did my own laundry, <laughs> and I had pink socks and blue socks that used to be white because. You know which water I washed them in? Warm, not hot, warm. I knew better than to wash them in hot. Hot water will bleed them into the other. Hot water will sanitize them, but it'll make them two different colors. Right? So don't put them in hot, but I thought, well, warm would be okay. You know, warm's not okay. Warm's comfortable, but it won't clean you. How many people give your kid a warm bath? You give them a hot bath. As hot as you can take it, right? Yeah, how many? How many have ever hurt your ankle and had to do the ice and the hot? The ice and the hot. You do. You put it in the ice and you put it in the hot. You don't put it in the warm. You go from really cold to really hot. Now, do you notice something? He didn't necessarily say cold's bad. We consider it bad. He's saying, I'd rather you be cold. In other words, be the ice that helps the ankle or be the heat that helps the ankle. Don't be the one that does nothing. Now, I'm not trying to change your doctrine. If you think cold's bad, make cold bad. And there is some cold that would be bad. But he didn't say it was bad. He just said, I wished you were one or the other. And that's what he was saying about the blemish lamb. He said, I, I, I'd rather you not bring me anything than try to get me to take something that's, that's, that's not good. That's not good for you. Something that's not, not all your heart. Amen? He's saying, I, I know your works. They're neither cold nor hot. I, w- I, w- I wish they were cold or hot because then I could use them. What's he saying? I could use cold or hot. He didn't say he couldn't use cold. We've just, this is religious stuff that we've come up with. <laughs> okay, we're not messing with you this morning. Cold could be bad, okay? If you want it to be bad, keep it bad. I know that when I went from cold to hot, it helped my ankle. Amen? You know what helped it more is when I prayed. <laughs> I know your works, that they're neither cold nor hot. I would that they'd be hot. or I would, I would that thou were cold or hot. So because they're lukewarm, in other words, I don't want lukewarm. Lukewarm isn't even to the hot side. It's not to the hot side or the cold side. It's, it's, it's nowhere doing nothing. How many people are going home to a lukewarm bath today? Hmm? No. Lukewarm has no value. Lukewarm. What, what's he saying? I can't use half your heart. I'd rather have all your heart over here, or I'd rather have all your heart over here, but don't give me part of it. 
that's a dangerous place to be. Half-hearted Christians are in the most dangerous place they could ever be. Because there is an enemy going about, seeking whom he may devour. And you know what a half-hearted Christian is? Lunch. It's not about works. You know, people say, oh, you're talking about works. you got to do this. You don't got to do nothing. You get to serve the Lord with all your heart. It's not works. It's getting to work for God. And it's, you're not getting something because you worked for Him. If, you are, if, if, you're trying to, if you're trying to get paid for doing something for God, you're not gaining anything. He's trying to get you to the place where you can receive the free gift of grace. You can't even receive it with a lukewarm heart. All you'll get is half. And then someday you'll say, ah, that really wasn't worth much. Well, I wasn't worth much because your heart wasn't in it, not because God. God gave His whole heart into it. Amen. God put His whole heart into Jesus Christ. And He sent Him to the earth to, to, to die on a cross and be raised from the dead for you and me. Amen. He gave His whole heart. He, he is wholeheartedly devoted to you and me. And all He wants is that same devotion back. Amen? Amen? Why? Because that's what works. Not because he just, he just needs people to be devoted to him. It works for you. Amen. Everything he does, he does for us. God's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? If you don't work in the parking lot, God's going to be okay. Yeah. You're not. Right. If you don't serve those little kids with the snotty noses and the bad attitudes, you'd, guess what? God's going to be okay. He'll get somebody who will. Thank God I came around because I still draw from those days because there was an anointing in my life to do that thing at that time. And we made a difference in some lives of a lot of kids that I still talk to today. They're 20, 26, 27, 28 years old. We started with them when they were 10 and 11 or 8. Hell, who, I don't even know how old they were. Because I didn't like them. <laughs> but man, did I love them. Man, did I love them. When I got there, and that second time when I decided that God was right and I wasn't, and I saw those kids, I had a heart for God, therefore I had a heart for them. And the love of God came up through me and began to love them and begin to make a difference in their life, and begin to show me what they needed. Not, not what they thought they needed, what God knew they needed. Amen? And, and, and in showing me that, it, it changed my life as much as it changed theirs. When you serve God and do the things He says, if you'll do them right, it'll change your life more than the life you just changed. You'll make a difference. It's a good thing. He wishes that you were hot or cold. He could use that. He can't use lukewarm. Amen? He said, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to have to spit you out of my mouth. In fact, in other words, I can't keep you this close to me. <laughs> how, many, how many want to be lukewarm and not close to God? That's not a good place to be. Hot or cold, you can get close. Lukewarm, you can't get anywhere near Him. Amen? And what, now, now look at the reason. Why are they lukewarm? The next verse. This is so true. 
because you say, I'm rich, and I've increased with goods. How many people are counting more on their money than they are on their God? You know, it's so easy to get in this rut. You know what? I'm okay. I'm doing good. I feel good. I got peace. Got thousands of dollars in the bank. Got some real good peace. You know what? If that's your peace, bad news, it could go away like that. Right? How about some eternal peace that don't never go away? Huh? Don't never. That's good. That's good English too right there. That's like triple negatives, isn't it? Do not never. Glory to God. How about some of that kind of peace? That's the kind you're looking for. You know what? I'm rich and I'm increased with goods. I don't need to go to church. I can buy a bass boat on Sunday. I can get all the peace me and God need right out there on the lake. Did I look at Wayne? I didn't mean to do that, Wayne. Put Rob and Dan on the screen. I'll look at them now. <laughs> hey, these are the things I thought. If I could get enough money out of prosperity in God, I could do whatever I wanted and have life the way I wanted it. If that's the kind of prosperity you're looking for from God, He doesn't have any. He doesn't have that. He has prosperity that will enable you to have money. Without His prosperity, you can't deal with money. Money will take you over. With His prosperity, you can have millions of dollars and it will never have you. Amen? And you're, you're, and these people are saying, we're rich, we're increased with goods. We have need of nothing. We don't need to serve you, Lord. You know, there's a verse in Isaiah. I'll read it to you guys. I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting verse. It says, uh, it's in Isaiah. No, I'm sorry, it's in Hosea. Hosea 13, verse 6. It says, when I fed them, they were satisfied. How many know if God feeds you, you'll be satisfied? How many know there's something to watch out for after that? Satisfied is only good if you stay satisfied and you continually get satisfied. Amen? People that get content in, their, in the way their life is, or I shouldn't say content, I should say content means you're believing for something more. I don't know what the word would be. People who get satisfied and don't want any more. If you're only satisfied with what you got now, You'll never reach for more in God. Amen? He said, I, when I fed them, they were satisfied. When they were satisfied, they became proud. Then they forgot me. You know, the most dangerous thing God could do for some people is give them money. People say, well, I thought God wants you rich. He does, but He doesn't want rich to be, have you. The most, he, he won't make you rich if it'll steal your soul. He won't do it. You know, there's a lot of people believe in front of it. Hey, I've been there. I wanted to be rich. I didn't want to serve God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't always perfect as you see today. <laughs> I wanted to be rich. And I saw a way through the gospel to be rich. Why? Because God wanted, and there was word for me to be rich. I wanted the Word to serve me. I didn't want to serve the Word. But glory to God, when I figured it out, I started working with those little kids. I started doing Bible stuff. I started getting excited about His things, and I didn't care about the other things. 
When I didn't care about money, that's when money started coming. And I'm not saying I'm rich yet, but I'm getting there. Why? Because the more that I grow in Christ and serve Him in the areas He says, it enables Him to get things to me. It opens me up to more of Him. But He's got to have all my heart. He cannot have part of my heart and me expect Him to do His best when I'm giving Him my least. And that's what people want. They want God's best for their least. Hmm? Glory to God. Aren't you glad that we came to a church where least is unacceptable? I I remember the first time I came here and they were doing things like tying knots and trash cans and stuff like that. And I said, it's a trash can. Who cares? (laughs) God said, I do. And they know it. Listen to them. You don't. There's lots of things I've learned and am still learning. And have lots to learn. And there's times when they say to do something, I'm like, why? And then I say, shut up, Dave. (laughs) If God tells you to do something, why is not the next question. (laughs) Yes is the next answer. Because immediately we need to change the way we think. We need to say, God chose me to do this. We don't need to say it's only this or it's only that or why doesn't why is he doing all this for these people and I don't get nothing and wah wah wah. Well, you're gonna call the ambulance, right? Because because you ain't getting nothing and you did all this and you ain't getting. If 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 you say I did all this and stop your sentence now. Because you ain't getting paid for serving God. Because if you're doing it for pay, you're not serving Him. People say, well, you're getting paid. (laughs) You guys are missing it. You guys are missing it. I'm talking about paid by God for your works. Glory to God. Back to Revelation. It says, they said because they're rich... They don't need anything. They don't need a full-time God. (laughs) I'm rich. I don't need a full-time God. I don't need a part-time God in case I get sick or... Right? You know, I might need a healer, but I don't really need somebody to get in my life. I don't need God in my business. I I, I made this money all on my own. Guess what? You didn't. Huh? Part-time God. That's what so many people want. It's a part-time God. Why? Because they're lukewarm. It's all they can handle. Because they can't even handle a part-time God. Because God won't be a part-time God. He won't take your part-time job. He wants all our heart. He wants all our life. He wants us to serve Him because we love Him, because we know how much He loved us. And we want others to know how great He is. That's why you serve Him. Not, not for any other reason. Yes, you're going to have rewards. Yes, there's going to be blessings. Expect them. It's what He does. It's who He is. But don't do it because of them. God searches the hearts and understands the motives of why you're doing what you're doing. Don't try to fool at Him. Don't put on your Sunday smile. That'd be, that better be your Monday smile, your Tuesday smile, your Wednesday smile. Huh? That's your everyday smile. 
He said, I know, he said, I know, I know you're not rich. You're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. He said, I, I'd, he's, lukewarm Christians still go to church because they think they're okay, but they say hallelujah. They give. Huh? <laughs> lukewarm Christians, they do all the stuff. And, 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 then, and then when something bad comes up, they say, God, I prayed, why didn't this happen? Why? Because you weren't, God never had your heart. He's not your master. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Matthew 5. God said in, the, in going, moving on in Revelation, He said, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And then He said, Be zealous, therefore, and repent. He, wasn't, he didn't say, Be zealous to repent. He said, Be zealous. In other words, get on fire, stir yourself up, and repent. Why? Because a, a stirred up Christian is stirred up about the things of God, not about the things he wants. Amen? Amen. Matthew 5, 6, he says, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. How many know God wants to fill you to overflowing with all the... You're searching for him. You hunger for him, you'll find him. You know, people that, that serve him, they say, where can I serve you, Lord? They don't say, why do I serve you, Lord? They say, where do I serve you, Lord? Glory to God. Where, where, what can I do for you, Lord? I don't, I don't just want to be the pew sitter. I want to be somebody that goes out and does something for you on Friday night, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Every time I go out, I, somebody's in danger of hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why? Because I can't stop it. It's I'm being filled for, with my because I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for His righteousness. I'm being filled and filled and filled, and I can't help but tell you how good He is. Why? Because you got so much of His goodness in you, it has to come out of you. Because He's everything to you. Amen. Matthew seven, verse seven. It says, ask, and it shall be given to you. What's he saying? Ask, and ask, and ask. This, this, this implies, if you look at it in, in different translations, it means ask, and ask, and ask. Don't, don't quit. In other words, ask for this and get it. Ask for this and get it. Don't quit asking God for stuff. He wants to get it to you. Don't, don't quit knocking. Don't, don't quit. Amen? How many know that at the end of that, where we were in Revelations, it says Jesus is knocking? And, you know, they've used that as a, as a salvation verse. It says, he's knocking at the door of your heart. You want to be saved? Sure, it, it, but he's talking to Christians. This verses are written to Christians who are lukewarm. Yeah. And Jesus is outside their door. Why? Because he loves them still. <laughs> he knocks on their door. And, and they send their money to tell him they're okay. <laughs> and he knocks on their door. And, and, and they send their kids ball games. Ooh, <laughs> gymnastics. <laughs> oh, I'm too busy on this day because I got this, my kid. I can't do, I can't do that for you, Lord, because I got the kids. Huh? They send them to the door. They send, they send their church attendants to the door. God, I go to church every weekend. That's like when your wife says, do you love me? And you say, I told you I did, didn't I? <laughs> Guess what? That's not going to go over. <laughs> It doesn't bless your wife for you to tell her that you told her that you loved her. Quit asking. 
Glory to God. Jesus is knocking at the door because the whole time we're off base, He's trying to get us back. He's saying, I'm right here. If you'll just open this door, I'm knocking. Just open this door. Just open this door. And I'll tell you where you missed it. And I'll put you back on the right path. And I'll light your fire. So you'll be ready every day to serve me to do what I'm doing. Look look at Ephesians. Ephesians 5. We want to make the most. We want to be the one that was given the five talents and went out and got five more. Why did he go out and get five more? He was excited about the five he had. He knew what ability he had just been given. He knew what God had just given him. And he was excited. We've got to be excited about what we have. The time's short, guys. The time is short. That's what this whole verse is about. And Ephesians says, Ephesians, Ephesians 5 and 15. In the NIV again. I know it says redeem the time in the King James, and everybody knows that, but we're going to look at it in the NIV. It says, be very careful then how you live. What's he saying? Watch out what you're doing every day. Is it, does it have value or does it have no value? Are you given a blemished lamb or are you given a, a spotless lamb? Are you given a good gift or are you given out of your heart? Does God, are you committed to God when you walk out that door that you're going to do what he says no matter how uncomfortable or comfortable it is? Because, you know, it might get hot in there, Lord. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. He says, hot's where you want to be. He says, oh, but Lord, it might get cold there. He says, cold's where you need to be. I'm not comfortable with cold. Yeah, you are. Man, he'll put the Holy Ghost Parker on you and you'll be able to be in the cold every day of your life. Huh? Glory to God. He says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, don't live like people who think they're okay. Unwise people think they're wise and they think they're okay. They think they're doing everything they need to do and they don't need to do anymore. Right? They're unwise. But as wise, we want to react as wise people. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What's he saying? He's saying, do the most you can with everything, every opportunity I give you. If I give you the opportunity to work in the parking lot, be all the parking lot worker you can. If I give you the opportunity to usher, be all the usher you can. If I give you the opportunity to work with inner city kids, work with them with all your heart. Whatever you're doing, do make the most. When you come out of that opportunity, you should be able to say, I fought that fight and I've won. Amen? And it was uncomfortable for me, but that's how I knew I needed to be there. Well, my mom used to say that. I said, Mom, I really don't want to do that. And she goes, that's a good sign you're supposed to. <laughs> Glory to God. How many want to make the most opportunity? How many, want, how many five talent people, two talent people I got in here that want to bring back a hundredfold of what they were given and bring it back to the Master and say, look what I did. <laughs> I took what you gave me and I, with all my heart I served you with it. And because I served you with it, I brought you five more just like what you gave me. Glory to God. God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, you.